Michael Ray. No. Sign of the Times. Definitely not. The Batman soundtrack. Oh, Star Wars is it? Uh, no. Same coming. I like it. Ah. Sade. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Goat or Go, the comprehensive and somewhat opinionated look at the Rolling Stone 2020 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. I am your host, Wendy K. Welcome to the show. This week, we are looking at number 495 on the list, and uh, the albums that we're going to be covering today are Boys to Men 2 from 1994, Bonnie Raitt Give It Up in 1972, and Hosker Do. New Day Rising from 1985. So let's just jump right into it. In the 2020 spot, we have Boys to Men's 2, Roman numeral 2, like referring to 2 in the Boys to Men. <laughs> you get it. Here's what Rolling Stone had to say about Boys to Men 2. With their innocent romanticism and meticulous vocal arrangements, Boys to Men became the most commercially successful R&B vocal group of all time. Two includes two mammoth hits, courtesy of Babyface, I'll Make Love to You, and the audaciously baroque Water Runs Dry. But the group's own Nathan Morris and Sean Stockman composed two's most poignant moment, Heilani's Interlude, a soft onslaught that will leave you sobbing in the fetal position. I need shelter from the rain to ease the pain of changing from boys to men. Nice. This is the only boys to men album that is on any Rolling Stone list. Boys to Men is an interesting group. I'm very unfamiliar with their work. However, fun fact about me, I was part of the Disney College program, and I worked at the theme park Epcot. And at Epcot, it's divided into several different parts, but one of the big main parts of Epcot is this place called World Showcase, where there's a bunch of different countries that are represented by iconic imagery from that country. It's sort of meant as a way of, like, showing off the best of that country and showing that, you know, as diverse as the world is, we are still, like, one people and we are, we have a lot to learn from each other. And also, um, Epcot is the place where people like to go drinking. The amount of alcohol in Epcot is staggering. But also, Epcot has several different festivals throughout the year, and that's what makes it really unique and it holds a special place in my heart, not only because I worked there, but also the festivals brought something new and something very exciting to that park. While I was working at Disney during this festival called the Flower and Garden Festival, they had Boys to Men at the American Gardens Theater, which is just outside the American Pavilion, which looks like Independence Hall from Philadelphia. I realized that Boys to Men was primarily an ensemble group and not only an ensemble group but their vocal arrangements make for very interesting um acapella arrangements they work very well with each other it reminds me of the temptations it reminds me of the beach boys you know just like all these there isn't one I mean, there's a couple of songs where you can tell there's, like, a leader of the group. For a majority of the songs, though, Boys to Men really harmonizes and works together as a group of guys singing. So, at Epcot, they performed at the American Gardens Theater 
for this festival series called Eat to the Beat. I didn't see them perform, but I know that a lot of people, including fellow cast members, were very excited to see them. And, you know, the only song that I know about From Boys to Men is I'll Make Love to You. Going into this album, I wasn't quite sure exactly what I was going to be set up for, so I was kind of surprised by how these gentlemen presented themselves and what they were singing about. These guys harmonized and, like, presented, like, this kind of cheesy, lovely energy to them that John Legend would just snatch right up and make it his own while playing on a piano. And I especially got this from the lead singer on the song Trying Times. Like, that song is... It's very nice, and it's so interesting, but I just I just imagine that this... This was an album maybe John Legend really listened to or, like, was inspired by, because I can see it being kind of influential in his work. I would say this album's okay. Like, it's not my favorite, but I'm glad, like, I got introduced to their work. Um, and several lyrics that stood out to me was from the song All Around the World. So, despite being called All Around the World, we're just staying in the United States. All the cities and the states that they go to, we're just, we're just staying in the United States. That's all we're going. We're not going anywhere outside. So maybe it was prophesizing the restrictions that Americans would be facing when traveling abroad. So maybe they were very well ahead of their time. Also, shout out for including Kalamazoo, because that's just a fun city to say. I love saying the word Kalamazoo, and I'm sure in the song it worked well with the rhyme scheme. So like, A plus, you guys. Nice going. The song Vibin' is a vibe. Take with that what you will. I didn't realize how cheesy I'll Make Love to You is. It also feels like a very vanilla song, which is fine. I mean, like, gotta have some vanilla stuff in your work and in the world. And I do actually really like the lyrics. I'll make love to you when you want me to, and I won't let you go until you tell me to. Like, A-plus, you consent kings. Nice going. Realizing the bar is so fucking low. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, in 1994, we love them consent kings. And it's weird to think of it as cheesy, but at the same time, it's just like... Ugh, man. So weird. Such a, such a weird fucking thing. For some reason, I imagined that I'll Make Love to You had a key change. And I imagined it in my head, because it's been a minute since I've really listened to that song. I imagined it to be a key change similar to Whitney Houston's I Have Nothing. So I was really surprised when there was no key change. And I'm not sure if I'm disappointed or I'm just surprised that, like, my first thought was Whitney Houston when it came to this song. If there was an arrangement of I'll Make Love to You where it does have a key change, maybe I would like it more. But for now, like... It's iconic for what it is. I just kind of wish there was there was more substance to it. There was some there was something else going for it. But the vocal arrangements are really lovely. Some moments that stood out to me from this album. There are skits again. There's only one skit in the album, and it's at the start of the song Jezebel. Having heard skits in Outcasts, Aquamini, I kind of wish that. Boys to Men had more of these kind of skits. 
sprinkled throughout the album. I think that would have been a very interesting kind of dynamic, especially like, you know, hearing maybe the guys try to come up with a vocal arrangements for one of the songs or like hearing one of the takes or what have you. Like if there was bonus content to this album, that would have been really fun. It's a really short song, but it's also like really soft piano boys in Kehlani interlude. I wish that song was a little bit longer. I know it's an interlude, but at the same time, like there could have been more of that in this album. Finally, this album ends in an acapella cover of Yesterday. I know Yesterday is one of the most covered songs in modern music history. I shouldn't be too surprised by this showing up. I think it's not a bad way of closing out the album, and they do a lovely job of it, so like, A+, plus boys, you did it. When thinking about this album, do I think it's the greatest of all time? I wouldn't say so. There's fine things about it. The biggest thing and the biggest takeaway from this album is, of course, I'll Make Love To You. Like, just the fact that, like, they were kind of taking this older style of music, or what I associate this older style of music, and bringing it to a 90s audience, it's really interesting. Um, it sort of reminds me of, like, Michael Buble continuing to do the crooner thing, while we still have Tony Bennett, I think, as of this recording. You know, just carrying that flag and carrying that tradition of this older genre of music. So I appreciate Boys to Men for what they do, and I think, like, this is a fine album to get introduced to their work, but nothing really sticks around other than I'll Make Love to You. So then, we go to Bonnie Raitt, Give It Up, from 1972. Here's what Rolling Stone had to say about this album. California darling Bonnie Raitt headed to Woodstock to cut her second LP, only to face near-monsoon weather. My house had sand and salamanders, Raitt said. She took refuge in the studio and churned out gorgeous folksy blues, including a cover of Jackson Brown's Under the Falling Sky. This album in particular is the only one that is covered in the 2012 version of this list. She has another album called Nick of Time, which is at number 492 in 2020 and 229 in 2012 and 2003. I don't really know Bonnie Raitt all that much. I initially thought, based off of her name and the way that my mom would talk about her, I thought she was a country singer. Turns out she is not a country singer. She is a blues, R&B, rock. She's an amalgam of a lot of different things. So when the trumpets started going off in Give It Up or Let Me Go, I sat up a little bit. I was like, wait a second. Hold up. This is... This is exciting. This is this is really fun. It's very jazzy and swingy. It makes me feel like this song could have been covered by Postmodern Jukebox and like 20s style jazz. Like it just has that feel to it where it's like the lyrics are very simple, but the way that she sings them, she gives it a lot of heart and she gives it a lot of energy. It's a fun time even if like even if the songs are not very happy. <laughs> Let's see. And it's interesting to know that a couple of the songs on this album are covers of things such as If You Gotta Make a Fool of Somebody and Under a Falling Sky, picking the best of the blues and folk music. She does a really good job at putting a spin on those covers and introducing people to and incorporating that into her style and into the rest of the album. It doesn't feel out of place, 
And I think they gave more highlight to some of her original work, which I think is a really good thing about a cover, you know? Having a cover stand out from an album, I think, is a problem because then you're just like, I just want to listen to the original version. Sort of like yesterday with Boys to Men. But with her version, since I haven't heard the originals before, if it introduces me to this style of music, I appreciate that, and now it makes me want to actually listen to the original version. What's interesting is when listening to the song, If You Gotta Make a Fool of Somebody, I really was thinking, man, I really want Alicia Keys to sing this at some point. I don't know exactly where that came from, but I feel like her voice would do a really great version of this. And there's a couple of times throughout this album where it reminds me of somebody else singing the song, but not like the original artist. Like, I can see this being covered by somebody else. So, like, the song Too Long at the Fair somehow reminds me of a Carole King song, or like Carole King singing this song. But I know that Bonnie Wright is no Carol King. I think she's more rock than Carol King. And I think she does a really great job with this song. Like I've said earlier, this feels like music that I have heard for a very long time. Especially of the jazzier kind of songs. They just kind of feel like they're sort of timeless or like they've existed longer than this album. And that's true for like some of the songs on here, like I've mentioned before. But for a majority of the stuff, like... It feels like this has been around a lot longer than 1972, and I appreciate this feeling of timelessness that Bonnie Wright gives her music. Uh, this album is very short and sweet. It's only 10 songs, and I think they're all less than like 5 minutes or something. I would check it out. I think it's a fun little ditty. It's a fun little album, and you'll especially have a good time with Give It Up or Let Me Go, or if you gotta make a fool of somebody, or too long at the fair. Those are... no. I think my favorite song is Under the Falling Sky. That is a great song, and she does a great cover of it. In comparison to Boys to Men, I would say that I would give it to Bonnie Wright, and I think this is a great album to check out. But we're not done here yet. We have one more album, and it's by Husker Du, New Day Rising, from... 1985. So this album is also at number 428 in 2020 and at 488 in 2012. I have never heard of this band. I didn't know what I was expecting when I stepped into this album. Here's what Rolling Stone had to say about Husker Du. These three Minneapolis dudes played savagely emotional hardcore punk that became a big influence on Nirvana, among others. The Huskers created a roar like garbage trucks trying to sing Beach Boy songs, especially on the anthems Celebrated Summer and Perfect Example. I knew I was stepping into something very different and something that I was very unfamiliar with, with actually the title track New Day Rising, which is the first song on the album, when it is very hard to hear over the static or the screeching guitars that the band is playing. If you want to look up the lyrics to New Day Rising on Genius, by all means go for it. It is probably the funniest entry I have ever read. And that's all I'm going to say about that. It's a funny entry. I don't even know why it exists. So as much as I could follow Suicide, which is the other punk band 
that I've listened to, this has made me realize that I don't know shit about punk music, and I feel very out of my depth when it comes to this. It's not something I'm used to, and I'm not sure I quite appreciate it. It's very jarring to me, especially when it comes to the bits that are very screamo-heavy, or like, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of people screaming at me, but the screamo style of singing is very impressive, and what you have to do in order to get your voice to sound like that and maintain it is a lot of work. It is a very impressive feat, and I applaud anybody who does metal or does screamo because getting your voice to be that way, maintaining it for however long your career is, like, that is a feat unto itself, so, like, props to you for doing that. I'm just not a really big fan of screaming. <laughs> I feel very sensitive to it. So this album made me uncomfortable, but I think it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. It's, it also was very hard to hear a lot of the lyrics, especially in the songs like Girl from Heaven Hill and New Day Rising. So I really had to spend some time on Genius just to follow along with what the singer was saying. And even then, trying to follow along was a time. Some things that that I got from this album were I can see how this was a very influential album. I know that Rolling Stone talked about how influential this was to Nirvana, but I can also see this being very influential to 90s and 2000s pop punk and the emergence of that genre of music. If Suicide was able to inspire emo, I can see how Husker Du inspired grunge and more mainstreamified punk music. I kind of wanted the song Folklore to be about another verse longer because I think it ends too abruptly and too quickly, especially with that outro that they have. I will say that the juxtaposition from the hard and loud kind of sound to the acoustic and the softer tone and vibe in Celebrated Summer is pretty nice. The song 59 Times the Pain changes things up about midway through. Maybe it's, I think it's the tempo or just the style in which the band is playing. So the song gets a little bit more complex and very confusing. There's a song called How to Skin a Cat that I believe is about capitalism and how ridiculous everything sort of sounds. The singer just sort of kind of sounded like, you know, a stereotypical salesman or what I would imagine Patrick Bateman would sound like if he was on even more drugs. It's a very confusing song that, like, it feels like there's a metaphor here, and I'm sure it's about capitalism or, you know, consumerism or, like, something else about it that they're trying to poke fun at. And that's something that, like, I kind of thought was really funny, was Husker Du kind of feels almost trolling a little bit. And maybe part of the nature of punk it is to be a little bit trolly. So, like, how to skin a cat just it's funny it's a ridiculous song the one song that i kind of took away from this album actually it's just kind of cute and it's just kind of fun is the song called books about ufos and it's talking about this girl who like goes around telling people about ufos that she keeps reading in books and that she keeps looking up into the night sky at a telescope and maybe Somehow, like, in space, there's also these aliens there looking at her with their telescopes and thinking how strange she is. I don't know, it feels like a Ramon song. It's kind of funny, it's kind of cute, 
and it really kind of changes up the pace of the entire album, which is just like a lot of... <sighs> anyway, I know that the one song that is going to be stuck in my head forever is The Plans I Make. So anytime I feel like I'm very unproductive or like I'm trying to plan something with like meeting people or doing anything outside of my house, I know that I'm going to get... Gotta make plans for the plans I make. Gotta have friends for the friends I make. So many plans. Make plans. Make plans. Especially the make plans. I also imagined that Animal from the Muppets was saying this. So, like, that adds another level of, like, ridiculousness to this song. And I think kind of softens the weird blow that this album and this band are leaving behind me. So... I can maybe understand why Husker Du is, and New Day Rising is, on this list. Would I personally consider it a greatest album of all time? I'll just say that while I recognize the traits of it and it being very influential onto various artists in the future, and it leading to a new evolution in the punk genre, like I will say it's great for them, like don't get me wrong, it's just personally not my cup of tea. I don't know if I would revisit this album in any way, but I'll remember books about UFOs and how to skin a cat and plans I make. I think those are the songs that I will definitely take away from this album and maybe revisit at some point, but I'm thankful that I've listened to this album and like now I know what to expect when it comes to punk music. So looking forward to more of them and revisiting this album later in the future. Out of all the albums that I've listened to today, Boys to Men 2, Bonnie Raitt's Give It Up, and Husker Du's New Day Rising, I have to give it to Bonnie Raitt's Give It Up. And now for the question that I've always have to ask myself every single episode, where would I put this album in relation to the greatest albums of all time? I would say that Bonnie Raitt's Give It Up is, if you're following at home, I believe I would put it underneath Suicide. Oh, shock of shocks. That closes out number 495 on this list. Thank you so much for listening, and DJ, let's drop that track. Goat or Go is a podcast created and hosted by me, Wendy Kay. I also edit the podcast. Original artwork is by Page A. Special thanks to the entire Rolling Stone magazine writing team. Without you, there wouldn't be this podcast. Follow the podcast on social media, Goat or Go Pod. If you want to support the show on Patreon, link is in the show notes. Thank you so much, music lovers. Keep on listening, and I'll see you next week.